Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I bet that's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, Ed? Ed, you know what I'm excited for? Uh, the new release of a new flavor of SlimFast. Uh, I am excited to bring you that case you asked for that you guys can't get in Ohio. Uh, but no, that's not actually what that is. I am excited that this is the last week of football because you know what that means? That we means- are inside the month of baseball until November. 100%. One month till baseball, one week till the Daytona 500. In fact, we're about to 10 days until pitchers season swing. 10 days until pitchers and catchers report for several teams in baseball. So that's something to look forward to. But Danny Boy, we have something bigger to look forward to. In fact, this will be the most watched sporting event in the year. And given the two teams that are in it, it could be the most watched sporting event in a long, long time. We're talking about Super Bowl number, what number are we on? 58, 59, does it matter? 58? It it doesn't matter to me because this sucks. This is going to be the most watched Super Bowl. I'm probably the least cared about Super Bowl. I find that hard to believe. Really? I think you have cared about Super Bowls a little bit less than this one. Like what? I'm not sure, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure there were some when you were still shitting your pants 10 years ago that you didn't care about. I mean, does that actually count? I mean, it was only 10 years ago, but anyway. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, you did um, okay, you, you, you pulled that one over on me. I will say that. You pulled that one over <laughs> on me. Anyway, this game, in case you guys don't know, will be against Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes, or Taylor Swift, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, one of the Kelsey brothers, whichever one she's dating, and the San Francisco 49ers. I can't let you do that because I like Jason, and his wife, Kelsey, seems like a nice lady. And really, really hot. But yes, it'll be the Niners and the Chiefs. Going down in Las Vegas, kind of ironic that the Chiefs are going to have the the first playoff game in Vegas, and it's not going to be the Raiders. Oh, do I hate the Chiefs kingdom, Dan? Do I hate the Chiefs kingdom? I hate the Chiefs kingdom. You're not the only one. Let's, yeah. let's be honest here. They are insufferable. In fact, out of all the fan bases in, in football, the Dallas Cowboys take the cake as being just the people you absolutely just want to punch right in the face. Kansas City, the Patriots, the Steelers, all right up there as well. But Kansas City is gaining a lot of ground on Dallas. Uh, the 49ers, on the other hand, they got, there's a lot of stuff to worry about in San Francisco, and the Niners don't seem to be one of them, as that city has some issues. I just, um, listen, speaking, let's, this on. is... Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go, you go, you go, you go. I was going to say, just speaking historically, of these two franchises, San Francisco's had the more success, Kansas City more recent. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. Both of these teams' fan bases are close to being on the level of Cowboy fans. San Francisco Um, really that bad? 
Yes, San Francisco fans are insufferable on Twitter. I see. I don't interact with very many people on Twitter. Mainly just look for OnlyFans. I mean, yeah, anyway. um, So let's actually talk about the seasons these two teams had. Let's start with, I believe, the visiting San Francisco 49ers. Uh, This team, full of playmakers, 67-73 yards overall. They gave up 51-67, 491 points for 298 points against 6.6 6.6 yards per play. Um, just the step, the Niners are a good team. They rank in the top 10 in just about everything. 2389 rushing for 1525 rushing against both really just super good. Um, I mean, this, this is just crazy. What do you got? What do you got about the Niners, Danny boy? Um, well, I think the Niners, Truthfully, were probably the best team in the league almost the whole season. They had a little blip towards the end of the season. Uh, and that's not just me saying that about the Ravens beating them. In general, some of the games that they played down the stretch, they, they played them very shaky and they didn't play very well. Uh, they have pulled it together these last two playoff games, sort of. Uh, the Detroit game is questionable, but I just think they're the better team. Um they have the better defense, and I think you saw what the Ravens' defense did against Kansas City in that second half. Um, and I think Kyle Shanahan and his coaching staff will be able to look at that and play off of that. Not saying Andy Reid isn't an, isn't an offensive genius, but I think that that's going to be a huge factor uh, in this game, and the defense is going to the the defense is 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 going to hold tight. And that's what's going to win them this game. Fair enough. The Niners opened the season on a five-game winning streak, going to Pittsburgh and having a home game in Los Angeles against the Rams to open up their first two weeks on the road and then beat the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys before losing three in a row at Cleveland, at Minnesota, and home against Cincinnati going into their bye week. And it came at the right time. They then rattled off wins at Jacksonville, against Tampa Bay, at Seattle, at Philadelphia, at Seattle, or I'm sorry, against Seattle, and at Arizona before falling to the Ravens in week 16. They beat the Commanders and then fell to the Rams at home in week 18. Dan, DG, if, in case you weren't following me there, the San Francisco 49ers were 1-3 against the AFC North. Their only That's win crazy. came against Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, you think about that. That's kind of nuts. I mean, and one thing about all three of them teams, though, is as much as we talk, as much as we talk shit about, you know, our division, um, all all of those teams have great, great defenses, to be completely honest. Yeah. So it's not really that surprising because I have said that the way you beat him is by having a good defense. Uh, when they when the Browns beat them, it was a 16-yard rush by Kareem Hunt, and then four Dustin Hopkins field goals to make it 19 to 17. Just want to throw that out there. So we got bragging rights over them. Um, really, they didn't really blow anybody out at least early in the season. 42 to 10 against I guess against Dallas, which was a primetime game. That was probably the high watermark early, and then after the bye week, Jacksonville who was still a good team at the time, 34 to three. It just nobody really Philadelphia, another blowout game. 
That was a afternoon special, 42-19, 45-29 against an Arizona team that wasn't that bad at all. And then came the playoffs with two three-point victories over NFC North teams. They did not play well in cold weather, if you also have figured that out. They played Baltimore at home, but they lost to Cleveland at Cleveland. And, well, they beat Cincinnati at home, too. So, really, wow. Both home games against AFC North teams, they lost. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. That, that's wild. I mean, look, since, as much shit as we talk about Cincinnati, that defense is good. There, there's no denying yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but this this team is exactly what you expect a Super Bowl and a, 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 a NFC championship team to be. Brock Purdy got 16 starts and he went 12 and four, threw for 4,280 yards, 31 TDs, 11 interceptions, sacked 28 times, uh, at rating 113.0 for being a Mr. Irrelevant. He's got to be one of the most high value draft picks. Ever. And since we're on the topic of Brock Purdy, Dan, how do you feel about this whole feud he has going with Cam Newton? Uh, is it real? That didn't seem like a real statement. I don't know why Cam's picking on him. Yeah, I thought, and then I saw, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. Well, just to point something out here. Cam Newton was benched for, do you remember the quarterback who replaced him in Carolina? Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold. Who is now the backup to Brock Purdy. So just, you know, do that, do with that information what you will. Darnold did get a start. He started the final week. He went 28 for 46 for 297, two TDs and an interception. So not a bad Sam Darnold game. Uh, the MVP of this team, far and away, is Christian McCaffrey. 16 starts, 272 attempts, 1,459 yards, 14 touchdown rushes. That's amazing. He also caught seven touchdowns and had 564 yards through the air. His seven touchdowns tied with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel for the most on the team. So he led the team in rushing and Receiving touchdowns, eclipsed 20. Uh, just, if there was ever a case for a position player to win an MVP award, Christian McCaffrey is that man. George Kittle finished with over 1,000 yards receiving, 65 catches for 1,020. And Brandon Ayuk, 75 catches for 1,342. Debo Samuel only played in 15 games, 60 catches, 892 yards. So really, if you think about it, they had 3,000-yard receivers. Uh, almost 1,500-yard rusher if he plays in that final game and gets 16 starts. He gets there. Just, that's just amazing, you know? Like, this team is, I grew up watching The Greatest Show on Turf. Well, not grew up, but I was there for it. This is as close to a Greatest Show on Turf team as I ever remember seeing. Yeah, I mean... It's, uh, it's, man, I hate both these teams. This was my idea, too. Yeah, it's hard to talk about a team you hate when they're just that damn good. Now you know how I feel about the Ravens all year. Um, 
Jake Moody is the kicker. He's made 84% of his field goal attempts. His uh, season long was 57. He is 60 for 61 on extra points. So really no worry about Jake Moody from the field goal position. Uh, Dan, what do you got about this team's defense? Oh, I mean, they have probably the best defensive line in the league, one of the best linebacking cores. Uh, their coverage over the top is amazing. Um, it, I, this is top three defense in the league, in my opinion, behind the, the Ravens and, and the Browns um, in that order. But um, this Kansas City defense seems good, too. They started off shaky in the beginning of the year, and I feel like that was that picture was in a lot of people's minds when it came to their defensive play. But uh, the second half of the season, man, they were they were one of the best in the league. Well, we'll get to Kansas City here in a minute. Uh, let's talk about some of the players. Charvarius Ward, he is your shutdown quarterback. He has had five interceptions, including eight pick six this year. The captain of this defense is Fred Warner who I believe may be walking at the end of this year unless San Francisco finds some money under the cap to pay him. He's had four interceptions and two and a half sacks. He's combined for 132 tackles. That man is a man. Uh, Diamador, Lenore, and, wow, Telenoa Hufanga each had three interceptions. And Jair Brown, did I say that right? He had two interceptions this year. Uh, leading the sacks, as you would expect, Nick Bosa had ten and a half. Uh, Javon Hargrave had seven and a half, and Eric Armstead had five. Does that shock you that those sack numbers are that low? No, because I feel I feel like they they would be well spread out if that makes sense, and just the pressures there, and kind of actually. Dre Greenlaw was the only other San Francisco defender with over a hundred tackles. He had 120 leading the way with tackles for loss. Obviously it's going to be Nick Bosa. He had 16. Javon Hargrave was the next closest Niner with eight. So that's our deep dive into the Niners. Let's go 30 yards across the field. And let's talk about the Kansas city chiefs. They have arguably the most famous fan in sports right now. Who is responsible for, at last estimate, something like $350 million worth of social media, jersey sales, revenue in general for the NFL? Obviously a good thing, you think. Yes? You think. Do you think there's any chance she appears at the halftime show? Uh, No. You don't think? Does she have any songs with Usher? Usher? I, I, I don't know. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs. You still say no. Uh, they started the season 0-1 with a one-point loss against the Detroit Lions in the opening game of the year. Then they went on a heater, winning six in a row at Jacksonville, against Chicago, at the Jets, at Minnesota, against Denver, and against the Chargers before losing in a head-scratcher to Denver to Denver, 24-9 in the Mile High City. They beat the Miami Dolphins, I believe that was in a monsoon, or no, that was in Germany, 21-14 to to improve to 7-2 going into their bye week. Then came a disappointing loss to Philadelphia. They beat the Raiders in Vegas, so they have experience winning there. 
Then a loss to the Packers and a loss to the Bills had this team sitting at 8-5. and five. A get-right game against the Patriots in New England made it 20, uh, by 27-17, made them 9-5. and five. Then they lost to the Raiders at home 20-14 to 14 in dramatic fashion on Christmas Day. They had to win their final two to get where they needed to go, and they beat Cincinnati at home and then beat the Chargers 13-12 to 12 in Los Angeles. That put them in a playoff game in the wild card game against the Dolphins, where they just outplayed the Dolphins 26-7. A nail-biter against Buffalo in the divisional round gave them a victory in Buffalo 27-24 after that game bounced around. And then they beat a team very near and dear to Dan's heart, 17-10, in Baltimore to get where they are now. Dan, out of all of that, didn't think this team would be here. Especially when they sat nine and six on Christmas Day. And I'm gonna call myself a clown really quick. Uh, I'll let you make fun of me if you want. Self awareness is always Kansas, the best thing. I said Kansas City wasn't gonna make the playoffs. You no, I lied. Right. I never said that. No, no I, I, I lied. <laughs> I never said that. You were close to saying it a few times, but you were almost right. There was another team I said that wouldn't make the playoffs. Oh, I said Buffalo wouldn't make the playoffs. That was the team I said wouldn't be. And Buffalo wound up in the second. I wonder how different it would have been if Buffalo and Miami were flip-flopped. If you get that game in Miami and you get Buffalo in Kansas City in in, in the wild card game. I wonder how yeah. different things would have been. Because that would have also put Miami in a bye week, I believe, wouldn't it? It would have been close. No. Something like that. No, there was only one. One, uh, one, one bye and it went to... Baltimore, got it. But either way, everybody knows the stars of this team, or at least the two big stars. And they had a little bit of a fracas before the game last Sunday, messing with the GOAT kicker of GOAT kickers. But in the end, you know, it is what it is. This team is led by Patty Mahomes, who made 16 starts this year, went 401 for 597, 4,183 yards, 27 TDs, 14 interceptions, which seems high for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Blaine Gabbard also got a start in there and got some work. 18 for 35, 185 and three interceptions. God, that looks great for his resume, doesn't it? <sighs> well, what could have been for Blaine Gabbard? Uh, the rushing attack, this team did not have a 1,000-yard rusher, Dan. Does that surprise you at all? No. Uh Excellent. Thank you for that input. Uh, Isaiah, uh, well, I was thinking, well, kind of. I mean, Pacheco not being Pacheco not being a thousand well, yard rusher with the way that it was. Taught. I mean, that's why I was thinking about it. Like, but I feel like he was hurt for a few. What did he finish with? He started 13 games, played in 14, finished with 935 yards. So, he, yes, he absolutely would have been. Yeah, he would have. Uh, this team only rushed for nine touchdowns on the ground. Seven from Pacheco, one from CEH. And one from Jarek McKinnon. Nine rushing touchdowns. Now, granted, they were playing from behind in several games, and Mahomes had to throw the football a lot. But still, only 1,784 yards on the ground. They gave up 1,925 on the ground, and one more touchdown than they scored. So... The rushing defense and the rushing offense for this team, not that great. Um, no, not that great. But 
How about this? Does this shock you? They didn't have a thousand yard receiver. No, that doesn't. Well, <laughs> Rashid Rice finished with 79 catches for 938 yards. Travis Kelsey, 93 catches for 894 yards. The next That's close, the one that's shocking, right? The next the close, oh, Kelsey. yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kelsey also missed two games. So the next closest to that would be, I believe, if I'm reading this right, Justin Watson, 27 catches, 460 yards in 16 games. So you think that, that's the shocking, right? I mean, that that's odd. Yeah, that. That is that is odd, um, especially in the beginning of the season. If you were told me Travis Kelsey wasn't wouldn't have would not have had a thousand yards receiving, I would have probably I would have laughed at you. Not probably, I would have laughed at you and been like, "Yeah, right. Who else is he gonna throw to?" Um, I mean, I, I feel like that's a pretty fair statement, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, Kansas City isn't nearly as weaponized as San Francisco. But I think the weapons that Kansas City has, the two weapons that Kansas City has, is better than the same players at the same position that that, that San Francisco has. And I think Andy Reid still may be a better coach than Kyle Shanahan. Wait, wait. You think the two weapons that Kansas City has... Mahomes and Kelsey is, are better than Kittle and Purdy combined. Yes. Okay, but it's not Kittle and Purdy we're talking about here. I said at their positions. I said at their positions. The two positions that Kansas City has weapons are better than the same two positions that San Francisco has. Are and they actually, better than the same two weapons season, that San Francisco has at those positions? This season, I'm gonna be honest. I will. Uh, I um. No, I'd Kittle over Kittle over Kelsey. Kittle over Kelsey this season. I see. I feel like this is all the Gronk thing that, that everybody used to bring up forever and a day ago. You know, you look at it, and you look at some of Gronk's, Gronk's season-ending stats. They're not that great because he wasn't healthy or when he, he was playing through a lot of injuries, and he was used as a decoy a lot. But out in the open field, I would much rather have Jay, uh, Travis Kelsey than, than George Kittle. And that's not a knock against Kittle. Kelsey's a Hall of Famer. Kittle's right there at being a Hall of Famer. But I would 100% not take Kelsey, or Kittle over Kelsey. I mean, it's real close. But I would still take Travis Kelsey for right now. And it cannot be ignored that peak Patrick Mahomes is going to be is better right now than peak Brock Purdy. Oh, I won't. I won't argue that one. But the reason why I say I don't think we can really compare it that way is just simply because I mean, you you have three other weapons on the other side of the ball that oh yeah you can no, shut no, no, down no, no, no. George like yeah you I mean who, you can shut down George Kittle and Brock Purdy and you and can Travis, only double and, team so many people. You can double team Kelsey and MVS is not going to hurt you. You know Pacheco. Is going to hurt you, but probably not that much. If you double Debo, Kittle's going to get you. If you double Debo and Kittle, then McCaffrey's going to run all day. Or he's right. going to catch the ball all day. I mean, yes, San Francisco has more weapons. But there are two Hall of Famers and a third that's running the show in Kansas City that's going to keep this game a lot closer than what people think they are. 
if we look at the kicking situation, Harrison Butker is one of the best kickers, not only in football, but of all time. He he is at a 94.3% kick percentage for field goals, 33 for 35 with a long of 60. Um, yeah, so we go on to, is it, he hasn't missed an extra point yet. So do with that what you will. Say that again? He has not missed an extra point this year yet. I just wanted to make sure it was clear that you were the one that jinxed him. Yep, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Harrison Bucker, if you listen to this podcast and I have jinxed you, you can go ahead and punch Dan in the face. Uh, Dan, talk to me about this Kansas City defense who looked out of sorts for a lot this year. They looked out of sorts for like the first half and then they got it together. Um Defensive line pulled it together. Chris Jones is still a monster. Uh, I mean, I don't really want to talk about Kansas City. Um, they lie. They cheat. They steal games. Uh, they pull, pull, They have publicity stunts for girlfriends, so the NFL rewrites the script. Oh, my uh, God. Here we go again. I mean, I mean, there's not really much to say when it comes to that. I'm, I'm speaking the truth here. I, I'm, trying to, like I'm trying to get you to talk about the players on the roster, and you're bringing this bullshit. Uh, Legereus Sneed is the quarterback with the most interceptions for Kansas City. Grand total of two. Chamari, Connor, Brian Cook, Mike Edwards, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., and Justin Reed all were the other Chiefs that had interceptions. Uh, if you look at the sack numbers, George Karloftis and Chris Jones led Kansas City with ten and a half sacks, followed by Charles O'Menahue with seven and Michael Donna with 6.5. The leading tackler for Kansas City, they didn't have a hundred yard, they didn't have a hundred tackle player. The leading one was Justin Reed. The safety had 95 combined tackles. Trent McDuffie had 80. Tackles for loss was led by Chris Jones, who had 13. Leo Chennel had eight, and then there were three others with seven. Also, keep in mind Chris Jones missed the first game of the season by sitting out. It's interesting. I'm just gonna if, it's interesting if you look at this though. There. On paper, this shouldn't be a game. Like, you look at – all sides are pointing to San Francisco winning this football game. Yeah. And it's – And it's a one-and-a-half-point spread. In favor of who? It is a one-and-a-half-point spread, spread in favor – okay, it moved to two. San Francisco is a two-point favorite. That's it? So basically, this game is a push. Vegas doesn't uh, know pretty much. Win. I yeah. mean, so normally you would have your home field advantage being like three points, but since this is on a neutral ground, you can consider San Francisco a true two-point favorite. But even then, that's nothing. Like that's 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 nothing. That's less than a field goal. Like this is not a definitive statement for Vegas. This is just them trying to get money on the books. This line's going to shift again and probably again still. They have the over under at 47 and a half. Dan, tell me about some of the prop bets you can find for the Super Bowl. Yes. So tell me what kind of, so let's see some novelty props. Sure. Give it to uh, me. You're, so there's only, there's only your coin toss. You have, um, Heads and tails both are at even money, which is kind of odd. Normally, tails is a favorite. Um, which is just ridiculous because probability being what it is, but all right. 
your jersey number of the first touchdown score is over or under 22 and a half. So really, will it be a wide receiver, a tight end, or will it be a running back? Okay. I'll, I'm going to take the um, over. Scoragami plus 2,000. So you can bet 100 to win 2,000 if there is a Scoragami. Which is exceedingly becoming more and more rare every year. Uh, it, yeah, obviously. Um, so there was – so on – uh, on DraftKings, there was they do this every year for the Super Bowl. Well, the last two years they've done it in other states previous to that. But uh, there's props each day. So the, their special prop, their special boost for today was Christian McCaffrey 30 plus rushing yards in each half uh, mm-hmm. to from from minus 140 to plus 120. Uh, that is one that I did take. To be completely honest. Uh, I, I like that 30, 30, 30 plus rushing yards in each game. I mean, I feel like that's probably if they're playing from behind, you're they're still going to hand the ball off. And if they're playing from ahead, they're obviously going to hand this ball off. This is one I find interesting. And here's the reason why I find this interesting. Okay. Okay. San Francisco is a two point favorite. Your Super Bowl MVP favorite is Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. I mean, it's quarterback, so I get it. But normally your odds on favorite to win the game is the quarterback of the team that is that favorite is normally the favorite to be the MVP. Um, to me, so your your next your next bet here, your next three, I'll go three here, and then I'll talk about the one that has I have the most interest in. Um, Brock Purdy at plus 225. Christian McCaffrey at plus 475 and Travis Kelsey at plus 1200. Um, my favorite bet for Super Bowl MVP, and I'll probably throw a little $5 bill on this or something along those lines. Uh, Debo Samuel at plus 2000, Isaiah Pacheco at plus 2800, and then below that is Rasheed Rice at plus 5000, and then Brandon Ayuk at plus 6000. Debo and Ayuk are the two that interest me the most out of anybody. Because I do feel like that if Kansas City wins, Mahomes is going to be the MVP hands down. Um, I don't think that that is um, – I don't think that is in question. Okay. Uh, I just sent you something I want you to take a look at while I give you some of the weirder bets you can bet on. Um, you, can, you can bet on some ridiculous stuff, including, as Dan said, the coin toss. Uh, you can also bet on the length of the national anthem. Yeah, normally um, you find these on your offshore books, and I will be having fun uh, with No, this, this is coming from um, DraftKings. Which will be quicker, the singing of the national anthem or the first scoring drive of the game? Right now, they are at even money. Who's singing the national anthem in this year's Super Bowl is something you need to figure out. Also, recent trends you can bet on. Um, the estimated time. Uh, who has the, if they, it will exceed the longest national anthem of all time that Alicia Keys had in 2013 of two minutes and 36 seconds, or the shortest time that Billy Joel sang in 2007 of a minute and 30. It's been over two minutes, nine times and under two minutes, eight times. So there you have it. You can bet an over under just ridiculous stuff about the national anthem. Here's another one, Dan. Uh, Super Bowl 58 Gatorade color odds. What color do you think is the favorite right now to be dumped on the winning coach? 
That would be orange. It would be orange at plus 200, yellow lime, yellow slash lime, or green plus 380, red pink plus 450, blue plus 480, purple plus 490, and clear or water at pulling you at a plus 1,000. Just to give you a little bit of background, Kansas City dumped purple last year. Two years ago, the Rams dumped blue, which I guess is kind of on brand. Tampa Bay dumped blue in 21, orange again for Kansas City in 20, and New England blue in 2019. So blue, obviously, most recently, purple with Kansas City last year. So you got to think maybe if Kansas City wins this year, you're going to get some purple. Um, And I, by the way, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I nailed the Gatorade color last year for like 50 bucks and it ended up winning me. You did. Like close to 250. How about this? This From FanDuel and MGM, you can bet if the opening kickoff is going to be a touchback. Yes is the favorite of both of them. Minus 450 at MGM, minus 330 at FanDuel. No, plus 300 and plus 235, respectively. And pretty, it's That's a pretty safe bet that this is going to be a touchback. Here's another one, Dan. The prop bets for players. I'm going to let you talk about that. What is an octopus bet, Dan? I... Not familiar. Will an octopus be thrown on the field? <laughs> Pulling that. Uh, um, okay, so an octopus play or an octopus bet is that a player will score all eight points of a drive. If I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, you are reading that correctly. So, yeah, so it'll be they score the touchdown and then they catch the two point conversion or run the two point conversion or whatever. Plus, and I'm be honest, at plus eleven hundred, I don't hate that with these two teams. You uh, could easily see that with McCaffrey. Minus six thousand for the nose. So, you know, if you're looking to waste some money, the Scorigami odds that Dan did not mention a yes for a Scorigami from FanDuel Sportsbook plus twenty five hundred. No, it's plus six thousand on DraftKings. I did mention it. Okay, well, FanDuel has it at plus 2,500. No, minus 10,000. To this date, the NFL has recorded a little over 1,000 different final scores for multiple 0-0 games to the historic 73-0 blowout that Chicago beat Washington with in 1940. So, yeah, it's uh, the most recent score got me was when the Ravens beat the Dolphins 56-19. But it's a long shot that we're ever going to get it. The most recent score got me in the Super Bowl was a Seahawks 43-8 win over Denver in Super Bowl 48. So there you have that. So if you're looking to waste a little bit of more money, you can bet that one. Dan, talk to me about these player props, like Brock Purdy going over 31.5 passing attempts. Yeah, I can get into those a little bit more as well. Um, to me, I don't really – I mean – with the Super Bowl, these are going to be pretty well locked up just simply because they have four days to work on, four or five days to work on these before they really start to to put them out. Um, Purdy, I believe, is at 31 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right. You got to take the over there, right? What's that? You got to take the over on that. Um, to be honest, I kind of like the under on 31 and a half. Really? Um, I I expect them to win. Um, and with me expecting them to win, 
that means I expect them to be running the ball because I do expect them to be playing from the he- uh, ahead. I think my personal – I'm going to get back into the props here in a second, um, but I think my personal favorite bet of the game is actually going to be San Francisco first half, San Francisco full-time. So basically I'm taking them to win the game outright. That's plus 140 uh, compared to taking the money line at minus 125. Obviously Chiefs could win the first half and I could lose the bet, but I like getting the plus money there. I don't think the Chiefs take the lead. Um, And if the Chiefs do take the lead, I don't expect – if the Chiefs get up early and get out early, I don't know if they're coming back from this game, if I'm being completely honest here, Ed. Um, I think that you could see a a colossal of a fold. Um, but I think with the way that game ended last year, it's okay. there's going to be a, a different a different tempo in this game coming from San Francisco. Okay. With with the way with the way things ended against Philly last year. I don't hate it um, either. Your your receiving props. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has the biggest number on the board at sixty two and a half. Christian McCaffrey, 33 and a half receiving yards. I don't hate that either, to be completely honest. You got to go over that. Um, you got to go over that. That's what I think. If you're going to play it, I think you take the over. Um, let's see if I have anything that I absolutely love. Really quickly, just give me one second. Well, how about, one how about we go for some of the weird ones? Longest pass completion, over 37 and a half for Brock Purdy. Take it or no? Um, let's see the odds on that. Cause that all depends on the odds, right? Like if, if we're talking it's about even money, you're looking at minus 115. So yeah, it's even money pretty much everywhere. Uh, I'd probably stay away, but if I'm going to bet it, I'm going to bet over. All right. For Patrick Mahomes, interestingly, 35 and a half. I think you have to take the over on that just with the way Kelsey runs with the way Pachepko can get out the backfield on the catch and also Rasheed Rice and his shiftiness. All right, let's go longest rush. Christian McCaffrey, over 18 and a half. That seems low. Okay, Brock Purdy, over seven and a half. I actually like the over on that. Where do you get that seven and a half at? Is that on FanDuel? FanDuel has over seven and a half at minus 112. Okay, because it's over eight and a half on... That MGM is over eight and a half, and Bet Rivers is over eight and a half. Yeah. Uh, let's go with who's going to score the last touchdown. Now this is by player: CMC plus four fifty, Pacheco plus six hundred, Kelsey plus six fifty, Rasheed Rice plus eight fifty, Debo plus eight fifty, Ayuk nine fifty, Kittle nine fifty, Mahomes eighteen hundred. You want to put a bet on any of these? <laughs> To be honest, not really. All right, let's take a look at receptions made. Travis Kelsey, over six and a half. Yeah or nay? Uh, I'm going to go over. How about Debo Samuel, over four and a half? I'm going to go over. I think I think, I think think Debo has himself a game. All right, let's go with rushing yards. CMC, over 90 and a half. Yeah or nay? <sighs> Staying away from it. How about Pacheco, over 65 and a half? Staying away from it. Interestingly. Last one. Patrick Mahomes, 24 and a half. Well, that's uh, with uh, 25 and a half. 
Rushing yards. Completions? Rushing yards. Uh, I'll stay away from that as well. All right. Do we? Let's talk about who our pick is going to be. Now, to win the Super Bowl, I'm going to go with the DraftKings. Niners, minus 125. They're the favorite. Kansas City, plus 105. Who'd you pick? Uh, I took San Francisco. I think San Francisco wins this, and it's their year. Would you like to defend it at all, or is that is that what you're going to stick with? I mean, I've, I've been defending it the whole show. I think this has, team has the better defense. I think they have more offensive weapons. I think that that is just what we're looking at as far as being the best team in in the league that's left. Okay. I mean, maybe there's some hatred in there, but it is what it is. Maybe. Maybe. It is what it is. Well, you're wrong. Let me tell you why. Do you remember a guy named Bill Belichick? He's no longer a coach in the NFL anymore. But um, guy is one of the greatest football minds in the history of football. And he proved that a good coach and a good quarterback can win you a championship no matter who is around you. And honestly, he had a lot of success with the best quarterback in football and the best tight end in football and being the smartest guy in football. Now he's no longer in football. Neither is that tight end. Neither is that quarterback. But Kansas City has all three of those. They've been there before. San Francisco has not. And we have seen chinks in the armor of San Francisco. They have been exposed on how to beat them. You put Brock Purdy under pressure, and you shut down checkdown routes, and San Francisco's not the same football team. Granted, we have a blueprint on how to beat Mahomes. But if push come to shove, and this is a tie game with three minutes left, I'm taking a Patrick Mahomes-led offense versus a Brock Purdy-led offense. Because when the bright lights get bright, Patrick Mahomes has proven he can play. Brock Purdy has faltered. That's why I got Kansas City. So in case you haven't figured that out, ladies and gentlemen, Dan and I on the final game of football season have a different pick. Now, Dan asked me before the show started if we were going to make this pick worth the 32 points that I trail behind him. And actually, it's 31 points by the way. Well, 30, 32 would give you the win. Okay, that, correct. But I decided against it. Dan, I'm giving you this win outright. We're not going to make this for all the marbles, although we did say at the beginning of the year this would be worth 50, but, you know, whatever. You won. Congratulations. I hope you don't win the Super Bowl. I hope you don't win this game. Are you ready? Are you ready to do the final stats? We absolutely whatever we're going to call this segment of the football it's season. It's not going to be the final you're going to. Of the football doing, season. Of are the we football not doing season. a Super Bowl recap? Yeah, but it's going to be mixed in with our baseball preview. It's going to be a special two-hour show kicking off the second half of season two for us because that will be our 25th episode of the season, marking the halfway point as we go forward toward next year. So, Dan, let's start it off. The last 10 AFC championship quarterback. Or the last, the, wow. Start again. The last 10 AFC championship quarterbacks have been named Manning, Brady, and Mahomes, except for one. Who is he? 
Oh, shit, Burrow. Yeah. Joey B, Joey Burrow is the other guy. Dan, the NHL has re- revealed a new Four Nations face-off tournament to replace the All-Star Game in February 2025. USA, Canada, Sweden, and Finland. How do you feel about that? I don't hate it. Should it grow the following year to add, like, some Eastern Bloc countries, Russia, Czechoslovakia, or the Czech Republic, or Chechia, or whatever you want to call them? Maybe another Scandinavian country? Maybe Germany, so Leon Dreisaitl could play? Maybe a world team of players that aren't represented by those other places? That is uh, TBD. Because I, I feel like having... Alexander Ovechkin at the end of his career and again Malkin at the end of his career not being a part of those festivities may be an issue. Like that's a problem. That's at least that's a problem for me. Dan, we have the teams designated to play international games in 2024. They will be the home team. And they suck. They suck bad. The Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are gonna be playing. In London, interesting thing about this one, the Bears and the Vikings are playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and while the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing in Wembley. Doesn't the cons, don't they own a soccer team in They do own a soccer team. They do. What team is that? Put it in your Google machine, figure that out while I give you the rest of them. The Carolina Panthers are going to play at Alliance Arena, the home of FC Bayern Munich in Munich, Germany. And the Philadelphia Eagles, the only good team among these four. Fulham. Uh, okay, so why aren't they playing there? Wouldn't it make sense? No idea. Or are they just trying to keep Tony Khan from getting booed out of the stadium again? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing in Sao Paulo, Brazil at the Corinthians Arena. So we're going to Brazil for the first time. How do you feel about these teams? Not exactly big fan bases. Not exactly big, good teams. We're not getting the Cowboys foreign. We're not getting the Patriots foreign or the Steelers or, or any of the really big super names. We're not getting anybody that finished in the Final Four overseas this year. Unless they're I, unless they play the visitor. I mean that's possible. Um, I don't know. I think Brazil's a wild choice. I'll be interested to see how that one goes. We don't get a game in Mexico either. Is that kind of shocking? They're trying to grow the game in Mexico. Is that because of the field situation we had a couple of years ago, or a safety concern? Maybe. What? What? How soon till we get a game in France? That's something that I think we're gonna have to. Start looking forward to, too, in the next couple of seasons. Dan, let's talk a little bit about Joe Montana. 1989 playoffs, 11 TDs, 0 interceptions, 78.3 completion percentage, 146.4 QB rating, and 267 yards per game. Brock Purdy has stats similar. When it's all said and done, where does Brock Purdy going to rank among the big three San Francisco quarterbacks between him, Montana, and Young? You think he'll be third? He's got to be third, right? Let's see how his career goes, if we're being honest. All right. Uh, okay. I mean, if, if he brings if, – if he wins three Super Bowls in four years, right? Let's say he wins this one, wins next year. He'd have to, right? Doesn't 
doesn't get the next one and then gets the one after that. All right, Dan, let's test something for you. The top 10 winning percentages of all sports in the last 10 years. There is one of them in the top five that is not a football team. Can you name that team? That is not a football team. Would that be the Los Angeles Dodgers? It would not. The Dodgers are actually sixth. It would be the Golden State Warriors. They are second with a 653 winning percentage. Kansas City leads overall 718. That is great. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? That is absolutely insane. Considering yep. they had a lot, they had the number one overall pick in the draft like three or four years ago. And the pat, top winning percentages in the last 10 years, the Golden State Warriors are second with a 653 winning percentage. No, did, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's insane. Did that explain well, to how good they, they've been? Didn't they also have a 72 win season? Correct. Well, that kind of makes up for it. Uh, the Steelers, which surprised me, are third with 632, followed by the Patriots at 632, the Packers at 623, the Dodgers at 618, the Clippers at 611, the Seahawks at 610, the Lightning at 608, the Celtics at 604, round out the top 10. The Celtics and the Bruins are actually tied with a 604 winning percentage. Your Ravens are above 600 at 601, and the Blues are 25th with a 554 winning percentage. The highest hockey team there is the Tampa Bay Lightning. The highest baseball team, we have to go to the Dodgers, who are sixth. Basketball, the Warriors, and football with the Chiefs. Other surprising names, the Milwaukee Bucks are at 16. The Washington Capitals at 576. I'm really questioning the validity of this list. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And the New York Yankees, 653, 23rd just ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins at 24th. I doubt the validity of that list, but that list did come to us. Uh, let me expand that a little bit via all sports culture. So take that for what you will. Dan, according to Yelp, what is the highest ranked stadium in Major League Baseball? PNC Park. It is Oracle Park in San Francisco. PNC Park is tied. Well, I guess, yeah, so you got that, right? At 4.6, Fenway 4.5, along with Camden Yards. There, kudos to you. At 4.5, Bush Stadium comes in at 4.4, along with Target Field and Wrigley Field. American Family Field, Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. Progressive Field in Cleveland. Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. And the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, all at 4.3. I think Hold if you put about half a second of thought into this, what's the worst ranked stadium in, in baseball? Just put a half uh, a second of thought. It's Oakland. It's absolutely Oakland. 3.2. They were just narrowly beating out by Lone Depot Park and Tropicana Field, both of Florida fame, one with Miami and one in Tampa, with a 3.4. Now, what were you, uh, what were you saying there, bud? Listen. This is going to sound like Boston hate because I'm an O's fan. Uh-huh. Fenway is not a good stadium to go watch a game in. Oh, somebody's got some sour grapes. No, it's just, it's so, and like the, the historical aspect of it is awesome. And that's why it's so high. It's completely uncomfortable. 
I've heard the same thing said about Wrigley Field, too, but that could just be, you know, hate from the opposite end of the state. Uh, let's play a fun game, Dan. This is a fun game, and I thought you'd like this one a lot. Let's talk about the most, the highest paid player for each team when they won the World Series. Now, you're going to be able to guess all the most recent ones, but let's go with somebody like the Florida Marlins. You get a point for the player and a point if you within a million dollars on each side of their salary. The Florida Marlins, last time they won the World Series, who was their highest paid player? I couldn't tell you. Ivan I'm, Rodriguez making $10 million that year. I mean, I, I wouldn't have got that because the first names that come to my mind, the first name that came to my mind is Dontrell Willis, but I knew that that was wrong. Right. I honestly forgot Pudge played for the Marlins. When I think of Pudge Rodriguez, I'm thinking of Texas Rangers, you know? Yes, uh, I do too. How about the Oakland Athletics? If you get this one, what I'll eat my hat. They, what year did they win the World Series? Uh, 89, I think. Yeah, I wasn't even born yet. I'm just going to randomly say Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson never played for the Oakland Athletics, you jackass. Jose Canseco, $1.6 million a year. Um, okay, so how about, okay, the Cleveland Indians. What year did they win? 1950-something, 40-something, I don't know. It was Bob Feller. Making eighty-two thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, how would I? How would I have guessed that? How about? Oh, here's one. How about the Baltimore Orioles? You can uh, tell probably me. Probably not gonna. Probably not gonna get that right either. Mike Flanagan, six hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars. Like a year. it's. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like when you go that far back, like I mean, even if you go like five years back, I'm probably still not gonna get it right. Okay. If you go that far back, like. Let's go, New York Yankees. Uh, what, what was the last year they won the World Series? I couldn't tell. Oh, nine. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. $33 million a year. How about the St. Louis Cardinals? What year was that? 2011. Was it Pujols or it Wainwright? Was, it was neither. It was Matt Holiday, $17 million a year. Wow, that's an overpay. They had just signed Matt Holiday in the hopes that it would prove to Albert Pujols that they were going to make – a run at things. Let's go with how about a team that doesn't spend money? Kansas City Royals. Um, what year was that? No idea. 2012, no, 13, 14, maybe. I don't know. 13. 2013. Probably somebody they traded for. Uh, um, I don't have a clue. No. Alex Winky? Gordon, $14 million a year. Okay. Let's go with a the Washington Nationals. You're Strasburg. This game. Steven Strasburg at just short of $40 million. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Kershaw. It's exactly who you think it was. $31 million a year. Um, last, we'll do two more. The Atlanta Braves. I'm not going to get that right. Give me a guess. I, I I don't like think about it. It's Freddie Freeman, sixteen point eight seven five million. Last one, uh, the Texas Rangers. Oh, that would be Max Scherzer. That would be Jacob Degrom. Thirty-seven million dollars a year. That's that's not correct. That is absolutely correct because Scherzer's pay came from the Mets and it was deferred, so it doesn't count for his that, yearly. No, that's bullshit. Not sure we're getting paid $43 million. No, that's bullshit. None of it from the Rangers, though. That's 100%. Uh, Dan, that's 100%. The, the question was how much was their salary. 
not how much of their salary was don't paid by the with team. Me. I am just reading off the infographic, all right? You take yeah, it up the wrong people, infographic. Maybe. The wrong. Did you know, Dan? In 2015, the Colts proposed the possibility of a nine-point play after a touchdown. A team would have to be convert a two-point conversion, and then, which would be for the conventional two points, and then a 50-yard extra point to get the additional point. Are you in favor of this? Yeah, why not? I wonder if Vegas would have liked it. Uh, Dan, did you know an Alabama drop pick has never scored in a Super Bowl? Yes, that, that's that's incorrect, too. I... I think it depends on how you calculate scoring. But what Alabama player has scored in the Super Bowl? Think about it. Get back to me. Dan, did you know since 2014, an average of five teams each season have missed the playoffs after getting in the year prior in the NHL? Is that shocking to you? No. All right. Last. I think the last one. Let me see. Nope. We got uh we got two more. We got a bunch more, actually. Dan, did you know eight MLB teams have drafted a quarterback who went on to be a Super Bowl champion? Twelve NFL teams have yet to do so. And it does not say that Scherzer, Scherzer's base salary is $43.3 million. So the infograph that you were reading off of is all wrong, and that whole segment is incorrect. Uh-huh. And I'm very triggered by that. So... Uh-huh. Spot Rack has his salary at $43.33 million for the Angels payroll, anyway. regardless of who's paying him. Hey, all right, fine. The infographic was wrong, but one of us tried to contribute a segment to the show. Just point that out there. Dan, did you know that LeBron James has played against 35% of all players in NBA history? Crazy, but true. That actually is fucking insane. And this last one... And by the way, these last few stats have come from all sports culture, by the way. I want to hear you pronounce this last name. Because this is great. What last name? Uru Vaakanainen with the Anaheim Ducks, and I know I butchered that, scored his first NHL goal two weeks ago. His NHL debut was six years ago. He has had his first NHL goal overtime by video review three times. Are you talking about getting snake bit or what? Last one. Dan, have, did you watch the uh, All-Star game? The NHL All-Star game, that is. I did not get a chance to watch it, no. All right. Well, apparently on the red carpet, because the NHL does this for the mascots, <laughs> um, Thunderbug, the Lightning's mascot, had the one of the crazes of most recently a Stanley cup, the actual cup made by the company Stanley that had had a label on it that said the closest leaf fans will ever get to be, to have a Stanley cup was on a pink one. I just thought that was great. Bonus fact, Dan, did you know Kirk Porter was the first undrafted quarterback to win a Super Bowl? And he was also named the Super Bowl MVP. Since we mentioned the greatest show on turf, Dan, do you have anything else you want to add before we put a button on this baby? Nope, I am good to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players of an A-blitter who can make it better. Happy birthday, Rusty Cunts. See ya.